Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Daily Drop-In Morning Show with the Teach Better team where we are live every single morning, friends, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We love being able to bring a new guest, talk shop, and it's Friday, so you know it's something special. It is specifically Friday, December 17th, so for a lot of educators, this is the last day before winter break, or for some educators, they're headed into a weekend and they have a very short week for next week, so there's still a lot to celebrate today. The one and only Brad Hughes is live, of course, with us today because it's Friday, and we not only need to dive into recapping this week, talking through kind of like tying a bow onto our theme, but also preview what the next two weeks look like because there is a lot going on with the daily drop-in, and just because many of us are headed into winter break, that doesn't mean that the show is ending. We are still here for you and have a lot more to share. So we'll be right back. Please go fill up your coffee for the morning, and let's do this. Ray Heward, I'm doing great. Happy Friday to you. How are you doing right back at you, friend? I'm good. It is Friday. Elijah's here commenting already. Good morning messages. I mean, I have a coffee cup that's full of warm coffee. Mm. I have a black shirt on, which you know is my favorite. I mean, this is the best morning of all time, I think. I think you've got everything lined up for a fantastic daily drop-in today. And let's just set, set the intention right now, Ray. This will be the best daily drop-in show we've ever done on a Friday morning. And this will be the best Friday that any of our viewers and listeners have ever experienced, ever. We'll just set that right now. You know, typically I'd be intimidated by speaking that out before it actually occurred. But I will tell you, I have a feeling about today too. I think you're spot on. I don't even think we should deny it. This is going to be phenomenal. And I will tell you, not only is this going to be phenomenal, but I am a little, I'm a little um, overly excited. I'm trying to contain my excitement because I don't know if you know this, Brad, but next Friday is the 24th, which means we are going to have a daily drop-in and we'll be able to track Santa using NORAD. And I just don't know how to express my excitement for that. Ray, I'm super excited. I have four, no, uh, five monitors set up here uh, that it's going to be able to track the jolly old elf from coast to coast to coast, uh, northern hemisphere, summer hemisphere, across the tropics, Capricorn, Cancer, the prime meridian, we are going to follow Santa. And, and we're just going to make sure that everyone knows where this dude is at, spreading good cheer and maybe a couple of presents from uh, all over the world. You know, we joked, Jeff Gargas and I joked that we would go live and track Santa all day long. And at the time, daily drop-in, I don't think I knew if we were having it or not having it. You and I then met about a week ago and said, it's the 24th. We're having daily drop-in all week next week. Let's not stop on Thursday. Let's all be together Friday. A lot of people will be celebrating a, a Christian holiday or at least the upcoming of a Christian holiday. And why not have a little fun and track Santa? I'm super excited for next week. Like, I just want to get to next week. That's that's really it. I'm so excited. I'm super excited, too. I'm going to suggest that we switch out our coffee cups for some hot chocolate mugs. Oh. Uh, and I think it was you that said, may the 24th be with you. And so that that just may be, you know, what the all the inspiration that we need. Wait, can we do, like, hot chocolate coffee mugs, hot chocolate, get, like, whipped cream? I think we should, like, go all out, like, bring props to the show. Uh, I think props, uh, daily drop-in really could use an infusion of props. And I, I think that that would add a lot of holiday sparkle to our uh, to our Christmas Eve, to our December 24th show, right? I am, I'm such a fan. Can I also point out, since we really have had no, uh, like, normal conversation yet, can we just stick on that theme really quick? Here's the thing, Brad, I have not noticed this before. I don't know if it's my monitor, if it's your background, what it is. But because your background is black and because the outline or like the backdrop of our daily drop-in is black, you almost look like you're like a you're like in the background versus like a versus like mine has a square. I think I should change mine to black so we could look like we're do you know what I'm talking about? Where you like don't have a background where you're like actually just physically in you know what I'm saying? I sure do. I've some of our uh some of our 
Teach Better Mastermind participants have uh, commented that if I'm wearing a black shirt or sweater, it looks like I'm just kind of like a floating head yes. in the black void here. This behind me is actually a, a dark denim blue. I was looking for sort of a denim blue color. And as you've observed with your teal wall behind you, it doesn't look teal at all on the camera. So I think I'm going to be doing a little bit of tweaking over the uh, winter break to see if I can brighten up the background and maybe add a couple of uh, little visual uh, doodads behind there to... Uh, to make sure I don't look like I'm just sort of floating in the black void, Ray. I do want to clarify though, it's kind of cool. Like it'll be cool. We all want to see the Navy add some lights up against it. I need to do the same, but because you're in this like beautiful orange jacket, you really do just look like you're in the daily drop-in scene versus this like square of us talking. So I think I need to, to change my background. I need to wear orange coats and then we could almost look like we could like high five. We look like we were physically together in the same room. That would be pretty official. In my mind, Ray, I've been planning out some visual gags where you and I could reach into the next frame, similar to what they do with with uh, TikTok videos or that kind of thing. And and I could pass you a hot. Actually, if you hold up your hot chocolate next week, let's choreograph. So if you hold up the hot chocolate, I'll be able to add the whipped cream to your frame uh, and maybe a few little sprinkles. Uh, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Quick questions. In your part of the world, do you call them sprinkles or jimmies? Okay. We for sure call them sprinkles and yep. you should know that I consider sprinkles like a food group. Like right, I, I order my, my ice cream with sprinkles and a side of ice cream. So, but Jimmy's is, is that East coast that does that? I think that's East coast. It may be. I'm wondering if any of our viewers who are with us right now can just pop in the comments if, mm -hmm. if it's sprinkles or Jimmy's and if you consider them a food group as well. Of course it's a food group. There's oh, no argument. If you don't consider that. a food group, that just means you're not eating enough sprinkles. That's all that means. It's fine. Ray, what, what kind of what kind of props do you think we should be on the lookout for for our next Friday's extravaganza? I just really want a really really obnoxious mug. Okay. I need to get that. I need to get hot chocolate because I don't have that currently in my kitchen. I need to get whipped cream. I'm going to order some supplies. I think that we should and we should encourage all of our viewers. If any of you want to drink hot cocoa with us on Christmas Eve, that's next week. It's so crazy. There is a lot going on between now and Christmas Eve, but I just feel like that became a focus because we get to be together. I'm so excited. I'm really excited too. I think it's special for us to take that time. And as you said, uh, on your hilarious daily drop in this week with, uh, with Jeff on Monday, I mean, I, I remember I begged and pleaded with you off camera, please don't pull the plug on my Friday daily drop in. And I, I, I'm really glad that you, you listened to reason and, and there's every reason to celebrate a wonderful episode, special episode a week today, Friday, the 24th be so fun there are a lot of celebrations between now and next week so we'll get into those of course but yes just want to make sure our friends and family know we're here just because many of you are on winter break hopefully not setting an alarm your body should naturally naturally wake you up to remind you it's daily drop-in time so it'll be good it's going to be fantastic i'm so energized by all of our listeners and later on uh, if you're uh, taking advantage of our time shifting option here on Daily Drop In, maybe you're listening on the Teach Better podcast. It is a, really for me a reason to wake up. It's an awesome time to connect with you, Ray, and with all of our listeners and viewers. And whether you've got us on in the background as you get ready for a busy day, or whether you're sitting in front of us and maybe we're on your big screen, maybe Ray, we're in. Uh, I'm not sure. Three thousand K resolution. Just got to make sure that I'm you know looking really really I good here. I do always love that. I don't know that people do it so much for daily drop-in, but when we do 12-hour live, typically, people will, like, throw us up on their television, which I just think, guys, that makes my head too big. Like, it's a cool photo, but just don't do it. Save yourself the, the visual. <laughs> <laughs> so, friends, it is Friday, December 17th. For many, many educators, this is the last day before winter break, or they have the weekend, and then they have a few more days the following week. Brad, tell me a little bit. Usually I ask you how your week was. I do care about that, but can you tell us a little bit, like what is your um, current school system look like in terms of break coming? Do you have plans over the next few days to kind of kick off your break? Give me all the details. We're going to, we're going to do our show backwards today. That sounds great. Uh, <laughs> many people listening or watching might, might think that I do the show backwards anyway, Ray. So this is right up our alley. This is fantastic. So uh, this is the last day uh, of school for our public schools uh, in my district, in my region, uh, kicking off two weeks of uh, winter holidays, returning to school, we hope, on January the 3rd. And there's some question in my region whether the spread of Omicron and the number of cases that are, appear to be rising uh, may prevent us from reopening schools as we 
uh, as we did uh, last spring. So our school district is being proactive with our families and our kids, letting them know this is a possibility. Certainly not uh, anything definite at this point, but uh, we're encouraging kids to take home their belongings for the holiday. Above all, we've just tried to have a really chill positive, uh, nurturing vibe this week. And I'm so proud of the kids and staff because that's exactly what we've achieved. A, a week of high excitement uh, and low energy sometimes results in things going south pretty quickly. So our kids and staff members have really risen to the challenge. So I'm just looking forward to uh, to time to get a number of things done around the house and for the family and just to reconnect. And I, I, I plan to keep that really chill, relaxed vibe going for as long as I can. Do you, um, obviously with the context of being excessively safe with COVID, but do you, and do you guys plan on staying in your home for the two weeks? Do you travel at all to see family? How does that work? I know that over the last few years, it's been very strange for uh, many people who are trying to celebrate the holidays and the new year um, because of COVID restrictions. But do you have any plans to see um, family that, that might be close by? Just for day trips. Uh, I think typically we would get together for extended days over the holiday and, uh, uh, my family has kind of agreed that we're going to stick close to home, but I'm expecting to make uh, uh, a trip to London, Ontario, where my mom lives, uh, to pick up and exchange some gifts, uh, do a couple of day visits, and then uh, just keep speeding along uh, and just make sure that we're staying connected in other ways, uh, like StreamYard or or like uh, FaceTime, uh, making sure we're staying connected by telephone. We're, we're going to do all we can to stay and feel connected. And it's hard because, I mean, holidays for so many of us means being together in person with our loved ones. So whether you're celebrating uh, on your own or whether you're staying in touch in person, just want to make sure that everybody stays safe and as healthy as they can. Yeah, no, it's extremely, extremely important. Please stay healthy. And of course, if there is anything that we can do, uh, please reach out to us. We mm -hmm. you know, want to be here to support all of our families as they move into the new year. Um, you will have to tell your mother we say hi. We, I like still think one of my favorite good news stories was when we read your mom's note um, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. I, uh, I feel like I have a special place in my heart for your mother. So you have to tell her that the Teach Better community all says hi, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I sure will. My, my mom's name is Mary Ann, so I'll wish Merry Christmas to Mary Ann, and we'll, we'll, we'll make Mary as, as much as we can. And uh, and some more good news stories for my mom could be coming up. My mom is wrapping up a year of the uh, the StoryWorth project, and you and I were discussing on that episode, uh, also a memoir project that your uh, grandmother is involved in. And so we're looking forward in the new year to getting all of those stories uh, collected into uh, a volume that can be uh, gifted to my mom and to others in the family. I appreciate that reminder. My grandmother called me yesterday and I didn't call her back. So this is okay. I got to write this down. They need to call my call my grandmother. Um, good. So you have a relaxing next two weeks full of, you know, celebrations, but then also resetting the house. I feel like I need to do that too. Some things around mm -hmm. the house kind of get reset. Um, Elijah's jumping in and saying that is very cool and that he also has family that's finishing up that too. I think it's a great project. I think it's a great gift. If you guys are hunting for a gift this season, obviously there's a lots of different gift ideas and opportunities. I still think this is one of the coolest ones. It's a great one. It's It's been a tremendous uh, project for my mom and family and, and the stories that my mom is sharing based on prompts that StoryWorth provides. And and just back up a step as, as the gift giver or as, as the subscriber, you have uh, the ability to preview and to send specific or non-specific questions to your loved one, whoever, whoever you've gifted the story worth to. But the stories have been tremendously connective, and uh, they've given us the gift of insight into memories and histories that we weren't aware of. And, and as I mentioned on our episode previously, when we we're talking about story worth, it really for me has revealed that my mom is a gifted writer, uh, and I, 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 I didn't know. Uh, what a gift for writing and written expression she had until she started st sharing these stories out, Ray. So that's been a tremendous gift to me is to, is to know my mom even better. That's oh, so cool. I will say, Brad, I, I have, uh, I was looking at my next few weeks um, and obviously daily drop-in is going to be starting my morning every single morning, but the following week, not next week, the week after. So the week of the 27th through the 31st daily drop-in is like, changing all things like we technically don't have daily drop-in but we do have a segment we are going to be building a grid live mm -hmm. with our network bringing on guests and doing some intense professional development which i'm really excited about so daily drop-in will look a little different the 27th through the 31st but 
Chad will be joining us for three of those days. We have guests from all across our community joining us. And so um, I feel like as I was looking at my next few weeks, that obviously was a big excitement I get to celebrate as well as the new year. Obviously, the new year is going to be very exciting. Tracking Santa with you on Friday is going to be so fun on the 24th. And then today is the day that I've been counting down. My sister is finally coming in town, which I am very excited about. I feel like it seems silly. I feel like a little kid being like, oh, I'm so excited to see my sister. But it's been 12 months. So I am I'm geeking out. Should be a super good time. Can you remind me where she's coming from and what she's been doing while she's been away? Yeah. So my brother-in-law and my sister both live in Scotland, Glasgow, Scotland, and they have been there for about five years. This is their last year there. They're moving to, I believe, San Diego, somewhere in California. Um, But my sister has been there for five years to study, to become a vet. Um, She'll be finishing up her doctorate degree um, this year. She actually just took her big test, but technically she'll graduate in May. So Scotland has been a very, very special space in our family um, where, you know, my sister and brother-in-law have lived. And because of COVID, because of the intensity of her fifth year studying, we have not seen her for 12 months. And our family stays pretty well connected. We talk quite frequently, but there is something special about 12 months away, being able to kind of all come together and share a meal. So there is a lot of COVID testing and boosters and vaccine discussion to make sure that everybody's excessively safe. Obviously, Anytime somebody's traveling overseas into the U.S., there's a lot of precautions that are required, but hopefully everyone's very excited to be safe and come together over the next few weeks. And she'll be in town for a full month. I don't even know how to process that. It's going to be that's just incredible. Two or three things come to mind. One is I think it's absolutely enchanting and endearing how excited you are to see your sister. I mean, that just that just speaks to the the power and the value that you bring to each other. I mean, and the opportunity to be, be to share space with one another. Like I just, the fact that you're giddy with excitement is absolutely incredible. The the second thing is some relief Ray, because as international uh, flights are being canceled or changed, I'm really grateful for you and your sister and your family that those travel arrangements have been able to be maintained as the COVID situation continues to shift in Europe and here in North America. And just that gift of extended time, like a, like a month, I get like a month to, to get situated and to really reconnect and enjoy some of the things that uh, Chicagoland area has to offer. Well, there's no shortage of things there, but I'm really excited for you, friend. That's amazing. Thanks. It'll be great. I can only assume it's going to be a lot of meals at home, cooking and relaxing. So I definitely can't complain. She also has a, a very special spot in her heart for my dogs. So mm-hmm. I don't. I think she's more excited to see my dogs than to see me, <laughs> but I'll take it. I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded to that. So it'll be fun. She's got um, that caring touch with those dogs and she'll be able to love them up and, 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 and maybe just take a look at them and say, Hey, hmm, have a, have a look at that. You know what? This is the only reason that I'm excited that she's becoming a vet. Isn't that mean that I get free vet care? I mean, I have two dogs at home. I'm I'm hoping to save some dollars here. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm not sure if a family discount could be arranged, Ray, but I think that could be one of the very special perks that you have in your relationship with your sister. Isn't that the joke, though? Like, if you have a family, you really want the people in your family to have jobs that somehow benefit you. Like, everyone should have a doctor in the family. Everyone should have a lawyer. I don't really have those, but, like, Maybe a vet's kind of close. I just, if if everybody in my family could have a profession that in some way serves me if I needed it, that'd be really helpful. I don't know as an educator that I really can help anybody, but I can talk about like math problems when their kids are struggling with middle school math, I guess. In my family, Ray, I have two waiting room chairs uh, outside of my room here at at, 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 at my home. Uh, and so when family come over, they they get the principal's office experience. They get to sit in the waiting room chairs while my door is closed until I'm able to come out and to uh, talk with them about whatever they need to talk with me about. So they, they really appreciate that. They they, um, they love that immersive experience. And it's just, again, just one of the other examples of the value, the value added that when you visit uh, my home that uh, you can wait, you can sit in those waiting room chairs. It's perfect. Yeah, I know Andrew is giving a shout out. Her husband's a doctor. I can only imagine everyone just calls Kyle anytime they have a question. <laughs> like that must be just what it is. If you have in the comments right now, I know that our viewers are slowly coming in and we're totally off topic. We haven't even gotten to what we need to do today. But if you have like a family member that has a job that it seems like everybody takes, not takes advantage of in a negative way, but like constantly like, oh, you're a doctor. I have a question for you rather than wanting to go see the doctor myself. Let us know what that goofy job is. We'd love to know. Uh, I feel like a lawyer would be beneficial. Like my 
my my uncle is a lawyer and so i didn't have to pay a lawyer when i bought my house like closing you know those like those mm -hmm. all that paperwork when you buy a house i think there's some jobs that are beneficial that we just need to have friends and family that are willing to do them for free there sure are and i'm just reminded that uh you know every role in the community adds value so yeah. no matter what you or your family members do you know this is a great time to reflect with appreciation on all that we do contribute and all of the value that we do add waiting room chairs aside you might not agree that those waiting room chairs are value added but uh, there is value added in every role that we and our family members play this is good see surveyor asking them absolutely find pins and property lines that is extremely helpful lori i'm going to call your husband thank you for that tidbit that's so good and then good morning, Jillian, who's jumping in. Brad, we have not done really anything we're supposed to do in this show. And in addition to that, when we, right before we came live, you were talking about that you had so many good news stories. Mm -hmm. We might just need to share them all. I think we should stay on this trend of maybe just breaking all the rules. And I want to hear some good news stories. Ray, I think we've gotten the show off to a fantastic start. Are we not here, friend? Are we not here to entertain, to inspire, to connect, perhaps to inform? Uh, all of that, the sparkling conversation of Ray Hewitt and the crazy quips of Brad Hughes, I think have really gotten our show off to a good start. So no matter what we're supposed to be doing, I think we've added just a little bit of value to everyone's Friday morning. And I saw Sandra there. Sandra, my Canadian comrade from Quebec, called this the best morning show in North America. How, how incredible is that? So grateful. Thank you, Sandra. I love it. Let's get into celebrating some holidays, some good news stories, and Whatever other shenanigans you throw in the comments, they'll probably happen too. So we'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. We are continuing a daily drop and we're going to get into some good news stories, some celebrations. And whatever else we come up with, let's be honest, it's Friday. It's right before winter break for many of our, our friends out there. And we're just going to keep with the shenanigans and embrace it. So let's get this show going on the road. I will tell you, Brad, I have some confessions that some of these holidays I expect you to be excited about, but you may not be excited about. So I feel like I'm going to learn a lot about you as we get into the holidays today. I'll try to be as, as, as open as I can. I'll be uh, transparent and uh, I will give you my unscripted reactions to all of these holidays, right? Because you know, I don't tell you these in advance because I want an authentic response. Right. No, it's good. <laughs> all right, here we go. Here's what I need. And actually in the comments, if you could get ready to do like the thumbs up or thumbs down on what you like or don't like about these holidays, that would be Perfect. great. I really need some authentic reactions so that we can get a pulse on who's with us. So if you're listening on your computer, just go click over on the comment section so that you can respond quickly. Or if you're watching on your phone, like have the emoji ready so you can quickly tap on it and send it. We'll do that whole like waterfall effect when we do the Zoom. So we wanna hear what you think. First one, and I'm not trying to say that, you know, because you're Canadian, you should like this holiday. I'm just, okay. I'm curious. I hope you have your emojis ready. Ready. It is apparently International Maple Syrup Day. What okay. Huge fan. Uh, maple syrup. Oh my gosh. Maple syrup is one of my favorite, favorite things. It's, it's like one of my top two foods of all time. I love maple syrup. Genuine maple syrup. Yes. I'm excited. Yes. And that's a real, huge, like, huge you actually up. feel that way? I. This is an authentic authentic response to the glorious golden syrupy goodness that is maple syrup a gift from our canadian and maybe vermont maple trees ray uh, this is an outstanding substance that needs to be part of everyone's life wow we're getting a lot of thumbs up in the comments too elijah holly jillian they're all like yes maple syrup i will tell you i'm not anti-maple syrup but i would not say it's my top two foods like that is a big statement right there brad hughes uh, Ray, I'm not sure what the other top food is, but I know that maple syrup is one of the top two. It, it, wow, it's just, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I've got no words, got no words. Can I ask you one question as a follow up? Yes. So I went to dinner last night at a restaurant I had not been to. As many of you know, I moved into a new community recently, so there's still plenty of restaurants and new places to explore. This one is all locally sourced food, which is kind of cool. Like I'm a huge fan of that, and and one of the items on the menu was chicken and waffles, which is like a Southern, very popular food. And so I don't know that syrup goes on chicken. I'm still not sold on that. So when you say you like maple syrup, 
do you like maple syrup on like a big waffle or are you somebody that can put it on anything? So my dream breakfast is fresh, hot buckwheat pancakes with pats of butter on each pancake and just maple syrup over the whole thing. Um, I love maple syrup and waffles because, of course, you've got the little waffle effect where each little waffle square captures the syrup like a tiny golden pond of deliciousness. And uh, what I'm thinking about the chicken and waffles, though, is I would have the syrup on the side because I agree. I wouldn't drizzle the syrup over the chicken, but having the uh, the, the syrup available to dip uh, for the waffle would be great. Also, a drizzle of honey over that chicken and waffles would be fine, too. But maple syrup on the side, please. Well, there you go. A lot of people in the comments are saying that they are a chicken and waffle fan. So I do think it's regional. I just never grew up with it. I think I need to maybe take that on. But but truly, the chicken looked delicious. I was like, I was sitting right near the kitchen. So mm -hmm. everything that came out, you were like, oh, what's that item look like? Like, it was a really good experience. So there we go. All right. Next one. Please get your emojis ready. We'll be voting in the comments. Here we go. It is World Ugly Sweater Day. Thoughts? Oh, yeah. I'm 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 neutral. I'm I'm neutral on World Ugly Sweater Day because there's not an uh, emoji that's like this. It's either yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down. Right. No, I ugly is in the eye of the beholder, and I'm going to say I bristle a little bit when I hear anything ugly. Like I get it. It's just, you're joking around. It's an ugly sweater, but. You know, you, you show up wearing, you know, a fantastic uh, sweater with cat prints with uh, Santa Claus hats on. And someone says, nice, ugly sweater. I'm, I'm just nice, ugly, nice, ugly sweater doesn't. Anyway, I, I get it. Uh, I'm just kind of neutral on the whole, you know, ugly sweater thing. How about uh, festive sweater? Or well, I was going to say, maybe yeah. it's like, uh, or like very decorated sweater. Would that right. make it feel better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Festive sweater, uh, visually challenging, uh, vis visually uh Visually puzzling sweater. I, I visually a visually challenging sweater is the best thing I've heard on Daily Drop in all semester. <laughs> Hashtag visually like, challenging sweater. You heard I it here. I just first. feel like your sweater is a little visually challenging. Yeah, I'm not sure about that sweater, but you I know, tell it, you, the comments are agreeing with you, Brad. There's a yeah. lot of neutral or thumbs down. It's just like too warm weather for where some people are located. I get that. Fair enough. All right. Um, the next one is. Uh, World Device Appreciation Day, the opportunity to appreciate the devices that help lead our lives. Um, it's a picture of like a phone and an Apple Watch and a computer. This one kind of creeps me out. I don't think yeah. that I want to admit that these devices lead our lives, but I will say, I guess I do appreciate the opportunity for tech to utilize technology to chat with you every more every Friday morning. So I'll, I'll take it. I do agree. And I agree that, I mean, literally your, your device is bringing you the celebration about the devices. So it, it, it's just kind of, you know, just a, a, a cycle of, I'm just curious in the fine print there, Ray, if you look up, you know, national device appreciation day, do you see brought to you by, and like, is there a major, you know, smartphone manufacturer there brought to you? Because it, it sounds to me like something made up by the manufacturers of the technology that really desperately want these devices in our hands. I will say it does not say that, but all the pictures and all the references look like Apple products. I'm not putting that. I'm not putting that into the universe. I'm not yep. insinuating, but I will tell you that as I'm looking and looking, there's a lot of Apple appreciation. I'm an Apple girl. I do appreciate Apple, but uh, it does look a little bit a uh, little bit sketch there, Brad. Yeah, and and really, if you if you do dig a little bit deeper, look at the fine print, you know, about those Apple connections, you can really get to the core of the problem, Ray, and uh, and that just may be that uh, this device appreciation day is brought to you by the manufacturers that really want you to have those devices in your hand. I don't know. But it's a good reminder from Holly. Like we said, we wouldn't be connected if not for these devices. So I do, I do appreciate the opportunity for us to build the teach better network, build the teach better community in a global scale because of the technology we have access to. So that is quite wonderful. Brad, how in the world are you going to pick these good news stories? Are you going to go with all, all 15 that you have or what's your plan? I have, well, I have a, I've narrowed it down to two. Uh, and I, I'd like our viewers and listeners, if you could, to weigh in in the comments about which of these two stories you'd like to hear first. I'll share both stories out, but which one do you want to hear first? So the okay. first story I'm calling, what a fun guy, what a fun guy. And the other I'm calling Voices from the Deep. Who? Voices from the Deep. So 
What a Fun Guy or Voices from the Deep? Which would you like to hear first, Ray? So if they're picking what they want to hear first, they can add yep. in the comments the word fun guy if they want to hear that yep. one first or yep. even like deep would be fine for the yep. next one. I get yep. that. You know, I will tell you, I feel like I want to end with the second one, which means I want the fun guy to be the first one. And I, <laughs> it looks like our comments, everybody is doing fun guy as there. We do have one yep. vote for Voices of the Deep. I think we need to end with that. I have a feeling that's a good ending. Voices from the Deep, sorry, I forgot to tell you the subtitle or the, the second title, which is it's Be Refit or Not Part 2. Voices Ooh, from the Deep, Be Refit or Not. Okay, wait, Brad. If you were telling us that the, that the that the ocean is, a, like Voices of the Deep is Part 2, maybe we should do that one first. Okay. I think so. Let's do it. Ray, what if I told you that scientists are so excited by odd fish sounds recorded in a restored coral reef. And they say it's the coolest thing that you'll hear all week. Fish sounds. Hmm. We did talk about the coral reef last time. So tell we me did. more. Yeah, we did. So uh, a week ago, we talked about a massive uh, spawning event in the Great Barrier Reef, uh, uh, the full moon uh, last uh, two weeks ago. It's, uh, and this is a coral reef in the Spearmonde Archipelago in central Indonesia, um, a real natural mystery is being revealed with a rich diversity of chirps, croaks, and chit-chat captured in a recent recording at a newly restored coral reef. Again, proving not only that the reef had recovered, but the soundscapes, Ray, of fish here are far, far richer than ever imagined. And so I'll, I'll put a link... Uh, in our Facebook comments to the recording of the incredible fish sounds, the fish conversation, you know, what exactly makes the fish make these calls, laughs, purrs, growls, creaks, raspberries, whoops, and foghorns remains a mystery. And so you could, you know, dive into this recording and you could figure out what is making, what are these fish saying? I mean, maybe there's someone who speaks fish out there. Uh, we'll make sure you have the opportunity to listen to these conversations. Oh, this would totally be a sound that I would use as a attention getter for students. I would totally pull that up. So you have to get this all layered up in your classroom, but you pull that video up of the sound and you make sure that you label the URL. So it is on repeat, like on a loop, which is super <laughs> easy. If you don't know how to do that, Google how to make a video, just play on a loop and you could have that sound be prevalent. Then you open another tab and you pull open just a faint sound of ocean waves, just so that your students, as they walk in, they hear something familiar before they hear something unfamiliar. And you turn that down really, really softly. You just want that to be a faint sound. And then you turn off all the lights and put up something on your projection that's like an ocean wave imagery. Mm -hmm. This could be a really cool attention getter as students walk in the classroom. A couple of gifts there. One is of mystery, uh, trying to figure out what could that be? And, and, offering students an opportunity for for an experience that really few people would have ever experienced before. These are some newly discovered fish sounds. And the other is the gift of surprise once the reveal is made. Um, and then you have an opportunity to to talk with your students about what connections they're making. And I, I love that uh, the author of this little article uh, describes these fish sounds as sounds we might associate with other animals like chirps and meows and whoops and and even a foghorn, Ray, I'm, I'm, I'm desperately curious about what makes that foghorn sound. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go listen to this. And it's interesting, Brad, it, depending on what you want the students to experience, you could take away the imagery of the visual. You could just have the lights down low and you could actually take away the waves if you don't want them to attribute it with the ocean. I wonder if you just play this sound, some of the attention getter could be guessing where this is from. They might guess the jungle. They might guess different locations. And then you could reveal that it was of the ocean and see if they could hear it differently if you added in some visual um, sensory elements. I think that's so neat. Okay, I'm ready for, for article number two. Oh, about what a fun guy? Yes. Fantastic. Ray, what if I told you that there were not millions or even billions, but there appear to be trillions of miles of underground fungi in vast underground networks that scientists are mapping and attempting to protect the biodiversity of this huge, valuable fungal biomass of the planet. 
wow, I don't know much about fungi at all. And to hear that there are trillions of miles is ridiculous. Tell me more. I, I will. Uh, as fungus collect nutrients in the ecosystem, particularly carbon, they build networks of very tiny filaments called mycelium, and they make up a vast presence on our planet. So the, the mushrooms or toadstools, the fungi that we see above the surface that pop up in the woods or near trees or in our lawn, are merely a tiny indication of the network of fungi that exist within the soil and under the ground. And so research from biologists is showing that these filaments form vast networks that when it's seen under a microscope look just like information or electricity moving through cabling. And when they're viewed together, they look as active as the neural, neural networks in our brain. These, in, these networks interconnect trees and plants, exchanging information about parasites, nutrients or density in the environment. So it is literally an underground network of fungi talking to each other about what they're experiencing in the ecosystem. And this is, okay, this just, just really blows my mind. I'll make sure that this neural network of fungi is uh, explained and linked in our comments. And the effort is to protect these trillions of miles of networks uh, by mapping them and better learning about how they work. Oh, that would be so neat to be able to bring the students as well to dive into so many different elements, the 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 plant itself, like the fungi itself. We could talk about the the networks connecting it to. Oh, my gosh, there's so much here. I think that is so neat. I'm excited to hear what comes of that. I'm hoping that uh, Becky Schnexer will be able to connect as well. Th this might be something that her explorers uh, dive into and. Uh, I'm just, I'm, anyway, I'm just, I'm just fascinated by what lies beneath. We've been talking about the ocean. We've been talking about under the ground. There's, there are so many hidden mysteries and here and hidden, um, wow, just hidden amazing things that, that are so much closer than we would think. Uh, and they're, they're just within, just, they're just out of our reach. And so we're I'm grateful to have these opportunities to kind of peel back the layers on, on how our world works. And we can actually literally expand our, our view of the world through this learning. Yeah, no, I think this is so neat. I'm so excited. Let us know if you ever use these stories in your classroom, how your students respond. We definitely want those updates. That's so, so, so important and fun. You know, Brad, speaking of getting updates, talking about how things affect students and all that jazz, we should probably get into our theme this week for our brainstorm bank. What are your thoughts? I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. All right, let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Daily Drop-In. We have our brainstorm bank that happens every single day, all week long, anytime we have a Daily Drop-In show, where we intentionally pause and ask you, hey friends, do you need anything? Sometimes it's a little bit of laughter, sometimes it's motivation. I don't know that we've been able to share any of that, but I've been laughing this whole morning. I will say though, this brainstorm bank is specifically designed that if you yourself are brainstorming a solution to a problem, whether it be reaching a student better than ever, building a relationship with a colleague, or finding some way to support something in your life that you have yet found the solution for, we want to remind you, you are not on your own. You are not a, a you know one-show person trying to find the solution, but we exist to brainstorm with you. Brad and I definitely don't promise we have the answers, but we definitely want to be there to be a part of that journey. This is a very, very, very special topic because, Brad, all week long we've been talking about differentiation and UDL. Have you been able to tune in? What are your thoughts on, on the topic that we've been able to discuss? And do you yourself have uh, any advice on this concept of differentiation in UDL? I have been tuning in. I've just been, first of all, really inspired by the personal commitment that each of uh, the guests ex explained and explored to improve outcomes for kids through universal design for learning. So it could be kids who have different learning needs, different language needs. Uh, newcomers to communities and to countries. Um, and what is really exciting about the whole concept of UDL is that uh, taken to its root, it, it really can simplify differentiation for all kids, focusing on the concept that what is essential for some is also good for all. And I know that all educators, because of our busy lives and because of the many demands within our spaces, really struggle with how to differentiate, how to make sure that programming, environment, materials, routines are all tailored as much as possible 
to each of the learners. And so UDL reminds us that if you take a look at the learners who may appear to have the most significant needs, making the adjustments with them in mind first is going to benefit all. It kind of reminds me of our whole brainstorm bank idea here, Ray, that it's not really about the answers, it's about the questions. And the questions are what the questions are the engine of of our improvement in this segment. The questions are the engine of of instructional improvement in any space. And so if the question is, what is the best next step to meet the need or needs of the learners who appear to have the most significant needs? What can I do differently or better today and then tomorrow, knowing that it's going to be impactful for everybody that I serve? Yeah, and I know that we'll get into recapping the week a little bit, but there's been a lot of reflection on the multiple types of students that sit in our classroom that need different things. And I think you hit the nail on the head that it's it's truly, I think all educators want to differentiate well, but sometimes it seems so cumbersome um, that it, you could just do it forever, right? You could, you could, uh, you could tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak to, to, you know, the, the highest extent. And then it's almost like starting over the next day. And so when we can build in strategies, build in mindsets, build in infrastructures and frameworks that can allow us to do that, it, you know, more universally, truly every single day without some of that extended effort, I think it's more realistic that educators will be, um, will have the time to be able to do those adaptations for students, which is really important. So, um, I'm sure as an elementary principal, you see a lot of differentiation happening in classrooms across your building um, just because, you know, teachers are constantly thinking about how they can do more to provide a better learning learning experience for their students. You know, it's actually not not when we talk about differentiation, Ray, we're all often talking about sort of the what about instructional steps. And what I have been really heartened to see and to promote is the the differentiation of our learning environments, uh, the way that we shape the spaces in which kids are learning, but above all, it's it's how we manage as educators our own emotions and communicate our loving expectations for kids. That really is the foundation of differentiation. I mean, if we look about you know look back in the uh, the stress and overwhelm and fear that the pandemic has brought us, uh, what we're learning as educators is that we need to take care of and learn to manage our own emotions first. And that can mean naming stresses and working through difficulties privately or with colleagues so that as often as we can, we're meeting kids when they come into our spaces. We're meeting them with emotional regulation. We're meeting them with a calm, nurturing, uh, chill vibe as much as possible. Of course, there's going to be uh, highs and lows and there's going to be peaks of excitement as well. But Above all, all kids need to know that they're entering safe and nurturing spaces. Once you have the safe, nurturing spaces established, then kids can know that their individual needs are going to be met and received. It's it's about, uh, you know, you, you can't expect kids to co-regulate uh, with mm -hmm. an escalated adult. And so that's been the number one thing that we've been focusing on is, is differentiating and, and being aware of our own emotions and the spaces that we're that we're inviting kids into and then we can attend to the what what are we do, what are we going to do differently well and brad i really appreciate you highlighting the fact that some some element of our world has caused us to differentiate maybe even without knowing that that's exactly what or why we were doing that adaptation the, the ability to recognize that that step in and of itself which is something we were all right or wrong forced to do because of the stress going on in the world really is giving yourself credit to say, yeah, I differentiated because of this need I saw and giving yourself credit that this isn't another thing you need to do. This is something that as an educator, you're probably naturally thinking through on a constant basis. And all we're really suggesting this week, especially is to ensure that you are being as intentional as possible throughout the process, which is so good. So, so good. All of the educators in our family and network are truly dedicated to knowing their students as individuals. Um, and we have been challenged uh, to put connections before content at all times. Uh, and UDL encourages us to work towards connection through content. So, you know, getting ourselves to a place where we know our students' needs, interests, what lights them up, what excites them so intimately that we can activate that excitement through what we provide to them. Uh, 
the the opportunity to meet kids where they are and to meet their emotional and social needs along with their curricular learning needs is a tremendous responsibility, but it's also a tremendous opportunity, right? Yeah. Oh, so good. Brad, I think we should get into recapping this week a little bit because there were some specific um, episodes this week on Daily Drop-In that highlighted specific types of differentiation that I thought Mm -hmm. really added an interesting lens into our dialogue. Should we click that button that gives us that commercial that we like the song for? I've been waiting for this all week. Yes. All right, guys, get ready. Deep breath in. Here's the fun. I do love that song, Brad, and don't worry, even though we'll be tracking Santa next show, uh, you know, next week on Friday when we're together, I will say I, we're still going to play the song. That It's going to be important. That's called the Santa Claus, isn't it? There's a there's a little line of legal mumbo jumbo that we have to play that on December 24th, the Santa Claus. Is I think we're going to have to play a lot of things that day. It's going to be the most ridiculous show of all time. We do have daily drop-in all week next week. So for those of you who are still planning on um, enjoying your morning, starting off with the Teach Better team or listening after the fact, we have daily drop-in just like normal all week long. I just will tell you that Friday there might be some shenanigans. Yeah, a shenanigan or two will be had and there will be uh, props. And I'm hearing hot cocoa with sprinkles and whipped cream. I, I'm telling you, we got to make it happen. This we week was so, so fun on Daily Drop-In. Um, obviously, we kicked off Monday with Jeff Gargas and I, and that was a little bit of a funny show. I don't know what's going on that day. I laughed and laughed. I, I had that show on my drive uh, on my drive to work on the Tuesday, actually. I hadn't had a chance to listen to it. I was just, oh my gosh, comedy gold, comedy gold, Ray and Jeff. I think Jeff is just trying to compete with our Fridays. I think that Jeff knows that he is, you know, in playing an important role in the Teach Better team, kicking off the week on Daily Drop-In. But he have t- he has told me multiple times that he's a little jealous of the fun we get to have on Fridays. So I think he's trying to step up his game. And I, the game was stepped up. I mean, the bar was raised. I mean, the uh, the shenanigan level was at uh, shenan level nine, I think, nine out of ten. And uh, it was wonderful. It was – I. I I, I literally laughed out loud in my car. If anyone was around me, if I was stopped in traffic, they would have seen me just laughing out loud at the, at the shenanigans. And so it was a wonderful kickoff to the week for those who were listening live. It's so fun. And Brad, I do appreciate like the acknowledgement that not everybody's able to catch the show live and listening after the afterwards is so fun. I know on Thursday, which I'm jumping ahead, uh, Brad was live with Allison Epsi. And I listened to that after the fact. I had something going on in the morning. and wasn't able to tune in live. And there's just something special about, you know, giving yourself a little grace about checking in when you have the time to connect it with the family and and go from there. So I really appreciate those of you that not only tune in live, but also listen after the fact and let us know your thoughts. Even if it's hours later, days later, we still want to hear from you. We sure Um, do. And we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we talk about value added. We want to make sure that the value is added at a time and a place that makes sense for you. And I heard you explain on our, it might've been on yesterday's show, Ray, but you know, some of our folks who are in the West coast of North America or in other places in the world simply wouldn't be able to join us live. And so again, they're, they're, they're available later. It's the time shifting option. It's available. No charge to you from, from the teach better team. No charge. I love it. On Tuesday of this week, Chris joined us. He really focused on the concept of differentiating for students that were new to your community, new to the country. Um, they were, he was describing them as newcomers. Um, and that was a really interesting perspective that I enjoyed listening to Chris on Tuesday. Definitely go check out their work and the supports that they have put in place to make sure that teachers have free access, access to resources to support those students. Um, that was a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. And talk about value added. I mean, Chris really helped me as a listener understand and better appreciate uh, the value added to all of our communities and networks when we prioritize the needs of newcomers and their families. And uh, I, I was really inspired by that discussion. And his focus on newcomers at the middle school and high school was really felt like a fresh conversation. I know quite mm-hmm. frequently at the elementary level, sometimes I feel as though we talk about newcomers, um, you know, and, and I think there was an element of um, really interesting uh, suggestions he had because he was referring to students that had lived 
you know, quite a life that were of an age that they were coming in with truly a, a background, a, a sensibility about who they were as people. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that value. So for those of you that have not listened to Tuesdays, I absolutely would suggest you do. I also would suggest you like, like if you're only going to listen to a small section, go listen to the brainstorm bank segment, because that was really the time where he gave some really valuable perspective on what those students could be experiencing and how you can approach them um, in terms of lesson planning, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Honoring those perspectives and the lives that the lives that have been lived is the place to start. You you honor people's experiences, what they're bringing to the table. Uh, it's not our responsibility to change or assimilate. It's our responsibility to honor what they bring to our community. And there's certainly uh, uh, individual stresses and nuances for a middle school and high school students who are entering, you know, a, a, what can be a very stressful time in the, their young adult lives, and uh, just honoring where they're at and what they bring. So cool. On Wednesday, Monica Burns joined us. Monica focused a lot on how technology can help us differentiate, but that you have to identify the problem before you can identify the tech tool. And she did a really wonderful job giving her thoughts and suggestions on how to do that effectively. I'm always a fan of Monica Burns. We mentioned her a bunch on the show last week. It was cool to have her join us on the show this week to be able to further that conversation. And then, like I mentioned, uh, Jeff Gargas was live with Allison FC yesterday, which I always enjoy when we're able to bring in these these familiar faces, but are able to have our, our Teach Better community share their perspectives on a variety of different topics. Allison's a school leader that I want to continue to be like. I mean, uh, highly connective, highly uh, connected, yeah, you know, face to face with all of her students and faculty, uh, looking to bring the fun and the joy out into the halls and classrooms. Uh, she is a leader that uh, leads with, you know, one foot in front of the other. She she sets the example and, and and invites others to to join in the fun. A wonderful conversation with Allison with Jeff yesterday. So fun. You know, next week, Brad, as we continue with Daily Dropping, because as we've mentioned uh, earlier in the show, next week we'll have Daily Dropping just like normal. So whether you are in school with a few more days before the winter break or if you're on winter break, you just want to wake your body up naturally and get started with the Teach Better community bright and early, sipping on your coffee while you're hopefully enjoying a quiet morning. Uh, we will be here Monday through Friday, just like normal. We do have a brand new theme next week, which is really about resetting. We want to make sure that everyone during winter break continues to take the time they need to reset to get ready for the new year, but also just reflecting on what we've done in the past successfully and what we want to head into um, the type of educator we want to be as the new year approaches. So we'll be focusing on classroom management 101. We're going to go over the basics. What are the fundamentals? What are the, some things that we should consider? We have some incredible guests joining us to help us do that. Some new faces and also some familiar faces. So obviously Monday morning, Jeff Gargas will be joining us on the 20th. We then have Carrie Pitstick, the one mm. and only Carrie Pitstick from the Teach Better team, joining us on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we have a new face. Omar is joining us. Omar Espinoza has a lot to share on our show, so I'm so excited to introduce them to you. And then we are um, ending our Thursday right before our time together Friday, Brad. Thursday is LaShonda West, and I have been a fan of her for a long time can't believe she's joining the show. So, and then Brad, you and I track in Santa the 24th to have a little bit of a wacky daily drop. It should be a good time. We'll talk about classroom management, Ray. I mean, you, you're, your, your week on daily drop in is bookended by uh, two co-hosts who need a great deal of management. No, Jeff Gargas on Monday, Brad Hughes on Friday. So I, I just want to give a particular shout out to the incredible Ray Hewart for not only weathering our nonsense at the beginning and end of our week, but uh, you know, just keeping us focused, keeping us in line, and keeping us on schedule. My goodness, thank so you, Ray. Good. So good. We're only running a little behind today, so it's no big deal. I do want to highlight just because it's always good to to be able to um, give you a little preview. Teach Better team will be pushing out an agenda for the week of the twenty seventh. But the week of the twenty seventh, we are going to be live just like normal for. Um, daily drop-in. However, rather than having our daily drop-in typical programming, we are going to switch it up and do some professional development. This professional development will be called Building a Grid Series. We've done a series very similar to this in the past, actually around this time last year. Our plan is that we are going to be building a grid live with all of you every single morning. And I want to give you more details than I've been able to share in the past because you might want to write this down. There might be a special day you want to make sure you tune into or we have some guests joining us. Maybe you want to be a part of their learning experience live. On Monday morning, 
Chad Roshowski will be live with Sandra as a part of our community on Monday morning, the 27th, and they're going to be building a science grid. So Sandra, for many of you who know Sandra in our community, she is an upper elementary teacher, like fifth grade um, age group, and she'll be building a science grid. So Chad will truly be walking through identifying the standard, breaking down targets, and how you can begin constructing your grid. On Tuesday, the 28th, Chad will be live again with the one and only Livia Chan from the Teach Better team. They'll be building a reading grid. Livia, for many of you who know Liv, um, she's not only um, an administrative role, but she also gets to teach students as well. And she's also at the elementary. Um, I think she's middle grade, like in like third grade is what's coming to mind. Does that sound about right, Brad? That feels right to me, Ray. Yeah, so she's going to continue with that. So again, different perspectives, again, a different topic. We'll be talking about how to build a reading grid. And even if you're an educator that would like to build a reading grid, but maybe at a middle school or high school level, there's going to be a lot of tips and tricks and strategies shared that you would then adjust for your grade level. So we really did try and find a variety for you, not only in the topic, but in the in the grade level of the grids as well, because there's a whole lot to be learned. On Wednesday, Chad will be live again to go live to build a grid with the one and only Joe Gonzalez. He has been an ambassador for a very long time. They'll be building a social studies grid. And if I'm, I believe that Joe is like middle school educator. Mm -hmm. So again, kind of building on a different grade level, different subject area, going through identifying standards and breaking those down. That's going to be a really, really wonderful conversation. On the 30th, I will be live with Karen Evans, who's a part of our Teach Better family, and we're going to be building a middle school math grid. So again, if you are interested in building a math grid at an elementary level or high school, there will be a lot we can reflect on. Karen's background is in special education, and so we're going to be able to talk about building a math grid from a very different lens than we typically would, which is going to allow us to hopefully have some really deep conversation the week will end on the 31st. Isn't that New Year's Eve? Or yeah, sure New Year's is. Eve. Holy moly. So we're going to be live Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Still continuing daily drop-in uh, time frame. But on New Year's Eve on the 31st, I will be live again building a grid with Marie. Um, Marie. Um, oh, I can't pronounce her name. What's her last name? M-C-C-U-M-B-E-R. Marie McCumber. Yes. And she's been an ambassador for a long time as well. Right. And I will tell you, we're building a writing grid. I'm so excited. I love building writing grids. <laughs> so I'm excited to have her on on that Friday. So to close out the week, every single element this week is picking a specific topic and building a grid. Chad and I are very excited to do that. Don't forget, though, that because this is a very special series we're doing, don't forget to catch us live. And these will also be saved in the Academy. So you can refer back to them as you go throughout your time. So we hope you tune in live. We hope you ask questions live. We'll be sharing our screen and truly building and constructing, brainstorming right in front of you like we normally would in a workshop. And then these will all be saved so you can catch them later. So Ray, that's a lot uh, Jackie, of sorry, Ray, uh, Jackie, one of our uh, Teach Better ambassadors, uh, just shared this morning some incredible video of her students, just, I think they're fifth grade students, just rocking the grid. And so if you're connected with Jackie and you want to see what the end result, in your classroom could be of uh, of implementing and, and guiding kids through their learning with the grid method. Just check out Jackie's authentic excitement and and pride in her kids. It, it's wonderful. That was an awesome start to my morning, Jackie. And uh, I know that if we're looking backwards from the success you've experienced, uh, that week up to the 31st rate could be uh, really foundational for a lot of educators in uh, shaping success in their classroom, just like Jackie. It's going to be so fun. So thank you for those of you that are going to choose to not only continue to spend your mornings with us, but even through winter break, uh, we are here to support you. We know that you should be on break and relaxing, but we're also here to brainstorm and, and give you some fresh new ideas as the new year brings us some incredible joy and some goal setting. Um, so remember, Monday through Friday for the next few weeks, we are still here. So we're excited to have all of you a part of our morning experience and tagging us throughout the day as you're listening to this after the fact. So Brad, it's been so fun to be able to be live with you today. I hope that you have a wonderful last day with students before winter break. Thanks, Ray. I know it's going to be a fantastic day. Well, we've already set the intention that today's going to be the most fantastic Friday ever. Uh, I'm really grateful to have shared the start of the day with you, friend, and I wish the very same for you and everyone you're in contact with. And I, I wish you a fantastic reunion with your sister coming up soon. Oh, it'll be so fun. For all of you, as we've said numerous times on the show, we're excited for you to have the best 
Friday you've had in 2021. This is it. We're so excited to celebrate that with you. And <laughs> there will just be so much to enjoy. So have a wonderful day. Go enjoy your last few sips of coffee. We will see you back here bright and early Monday morning on the 20th to continue our celebration of the wonderful, wonderful community we have. See you later, friends. Bye, friends.